Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. I'm your host, Lorelai, where we talk all things metaphysics. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in so that I could talk to you guys about some cool stuff that I've been looking up this week. And boy, let me tell you, my hand is a cramping from all of the writing. So <laughs> I hope you guys are ready for all the things that I've dug up for you this week. So I wanted to first define a couple of things because last week we had talked about gem elixirs. And I hadn't had enough time to really dig that one up, but I did it for you guys this week. So when you make a gem elixir, what you're gonna do is you're gonna place a cleansed non-friable crystal in a glass bowl with spring water. You wanna place friable or toxic stones in a small glass jar and then a glass bowl. This is the indirect method. You stand the bowl in sunlight for 12 hours then remove the crystal and bottle the mother tincture, which is the stuff that you just made, in a glass bottle with an airtight stopper. To keep for more than a week, you add 50% brandy or vodka as a preservative, store in a cool, dank place, and add to bath water or make a dosage bottle. Now to make a dosage bottle, you add seven drops of the mother tincture to a glass dropper bottle. You fill it with a third brandy to two-thirds water if taking by mouth or putting on the skin. If using an eye drop, do not add alcohol. Take seven drops three times a day. Note, certain remedies should be used externally only. Now, I'm also getting all this information from the Crystal Bible. And I like this last little bit that she gave. She listed a couple of different stones that you can make an elixir out of. And as I go along throughout all these podcasts, I'll tell you if you can make an elixir out of the certain stones, but I'm going to list these ones out for you. Blue lace agate treats eye infections. Black tourmaline provides psychic protection and screens from electromagnetic smog. It relieves jet lag. It releases toxic energy from emotions, mind, and body. Malachite harmonizes physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies and grounds the body. Use tumbled stone only. Fluorite, which I'm actually wearing right now, it's very pretty, breaks up blockages in the etheric body and it's also an antiviral. Jadeite heals eye conditions and brings peace. Amazonite balances the metabolism. Green jasper restores biorhythms and natural sexuality. Hematite strengthens boundaries. Kunzite opens the heart. Amber acts as an antibiotic and heals throat problems. Golden barrel is a gargoyle for sore throats. Bloodstone releases constipation and emotional stagnation. Carawite is an excellent cleanser for the body. Herkimer Diamond aids psychic vision and dream recall, and Moss Agate treats fungal infections. So I thought those were 
very interesting and I wanted to go over that with you guys before I forget. Also, for this particular podcast during the crystals that I'm going to be going over, there are a couple of things that I want to define for you. So negative emotional programming. That is oughts and shoulds along with guilt that are instilled in childhood or in past lives and remain in the subconscious mind to influence present behavior. They sabotage efforts to evolve unless released or reprogrammed. So I've actually said this word a couple of times and I felt like it was necessary to define it. So when I say dis-ease, it's not disease, like a process of a disease that you might have. It's dis hyphen ease. This is the state that results from physical imbalances, blocked feelings, and suppressed emotions and negative thinking. Okay, so now that I feel like, you know, we've kind of gotten a good start, let's begin with this week's crystals of the week. This week's crystals are citrine and turquoise. And I'm getting this first bit of information I'm getting from the Crystals for Beginners by Karen Frazier. And what she says about citrine is she, so she has it strategically located all around her house, both because it's so beautiful and because it's a powerful stone. You can find two types of citrine, naturally occurring citrine and citrine that has been created by heat treating amethyst. In general, if the golden yellow color of citrine is extremely clear and saturated, it means it is heat-treated amethyst. If you're unsure, ask before you buy. While the heat-treated amethyst has similar properties to naturally occurring citrine, the naturally occurring form tends to have more powerful energy. Its origins are Brazil, Peru, Russia, and the United States. Its lattice is hexagonal and its shapes are natural clusters in clear quartz, tumbled, polished, and cut. The type of energy that citrine gives off is it amplifies. The colors that it comes in is yellow, and that's pretty much it. The chakra that's directly affected by citrine is the solar plexus. The best placement for citrine is on or near your solar plexus as a bracelet, ring, or necklace. In your cash box or wallet, in the back left corner of your home, the prosperity corner. Citrine helps with prosperity, self-esteem and self-image, creativity, encouraging generosity, promoting clarity of thinking, manifestation, asserting personal will, and facilitating new beginnings. It works well with clear quartz, amethyst, ametrine, and smoky quartz. A helpful usage tip for citrine is to enhance prosperity Place citrine in the back left corner of your home, the prosperity corner. You can determine the back left corner by standing at the front door and facing inward. You can also place it in the back left corner of any room to enhance prosperity. If you run a business, place it in your cash register or cash box to promote prosperity for the business. So that's what Karen Frazier has said about citrine. Now I'm gonna talk about citrine from Miss Judy Hall in the Crystal Bible. And what she says is the colors that citrine comes in are actually purple and yellow. The appearance is transparent with a combination of amethyst and citrine and it's often small and tumbled. 
It is readily available, though obtained from only one mine, and the source of that mine is in Bolivia. Attributes of citrine. Well, she says ametrine the entire time. So she says ametrine powerfully combines amethyst and citrine. It is fast and effective in its action. It is particularly useful in long-standing illness as it brings insight into courses of dis-ease. Ametrine connects the physical realm with your higher consciousness. This stone facilitates and protects during astral travel and relieves psychic attack. It clears stress and tension from the head, calming the mind and bringing greater focus to meditation. Ametrine opens the third eye, promoting healing and divination. Divination is practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. It unites masculine and feminine energies. Psychologically, ametrine enhances compatibility and acceptance of others. It shows where everyone is linked, overcoming prejudice, an extremely energetic stone. It stimulates creativity and supports taking control of one's own life. It is a stone that can overcome apparent contradictions. Mentally, ametrine brings clarity, harmonizing perception and action. It strengthens concentration and aids thinking things through, encouraging exploration of all possibilities, bringing creative solutions. It takes the intellect beyond everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it takes intellect beyond everyday reality to link into higher awareness. Emotionally, ametrine releases blockages, including negative emotional programming and expectations, facilitating transformation, bringing insight into underlying causes of emotional distress. Ametrine promotes optimism and a well-being that is not disturbed by stressful external influences. Ametrine gets to the bottom of things. Its powerful cleansing properties disperse negativity from the aura and toxins from the body. An exceptional blood cleanser and energizer, it regenerates the physical body and strengthens the immune system, aids the autonomic nervous system and physical maturation, stabilizes DNA and RNA, and oxygenates the body. Ametrine heals chronic fatigue syndrome, or CFS, burning sensations, depression, gastric disturbances and ulcers, fatigue and lethargy, tension, headache, and stress-related dis-ease. It releases blockages in the physical, emotional, and mental subtle bodies. To position citrine, you want to wear it directly on the body for prolonged periods, placing on the solar plexus. Holding ametrine brings deep-seated issues to the surface so that they can be communicated and healed. So that is pretty much the gist of citrine. So the next one that we're going to talk about is turquoise. Now I'm going to start off the turquoise discussion with what Miss Karen Frazier says from the Crystals for Beginner book. And she says turquoise has a deep symbolism for many nations and aboriginal tribes. Historically, it was a stone of shamans and warriors. Its use as a sacred stone is ancient and worldwide. One traditional belief is that turquoise protects riders from falls. Others prize it for its ability to promote clear vision, spirituality, and personal and spiritual power. One note of caution, make sure you are purchasing real turquoise. Many vendors sell dyed howlite, which has similar veining as turquoise and can easily pass for the stone. You can get turquoise all over the world. Its shapes come natural, points, tumbled, polished, and cut. It absorbs energies. The colors it comes in are light blue and deep turquoise. 
it affects the throat chakra. You want it to be in jewelry, particularly as a necklace, on the throat chakra during meditation in a pocket, particularly a chest pocket. Turquoise helps with personal power, luck, and prosperity, safe travel, speaking personal truths, giving voice to creative ideas, protection against theft, promoting ambition and empowerment, calming, absorbing excessive energy, and harmonizing. Turquoise works well with clear quartz and onyx. If your relationship is struggling, place turquoise in your bedroom to promote harmony. Now on to what Judy Hall says about turquoise. So the colors that turquoise comes in is turquoise green or blue. Its appearance is opaque, often veined. All sizes of them are often polished. It is easily obtained. The source that you can find it is the United States of America, Egypt, Mexico, China, Iran, Peru, Poland, Russia, France, Tibet, Egypt, Afghanistan, and Arabia. Lots of places. So. Attributes for turquoise is turquoise is a most efficient healer, providing solace for the spirit and well-being for the body. It is a protective stone and has been used for amulets since time immemorial. It is believed to change color to ward off danger of infidelity. Turquoise promotes spiritual attunement and enhances communication with the physical and spiritual worlds. Placed on the third eye, it enhances intuition and meditation. On the throat chakra, it releases old vows, inhibitions, and prohibitions, and allows the soul to express itself once more. It explores past lives and shows how the creation of your fate is ongoing and depends on what you do at each moment. Turquoise is a purification stone. It dispels negative energy and clears electromagnetic smog, providing protection against pollutants in the environment. It balances and aligns and attunes the physical level to the spiritual. In traditional thoughts, turquoise unites the earth and the sky, bringing male and female energies into balance. This stone is empathetic and balancing. A promoter of self-realization, it assists creative problem-solving and calms the nerves when speaking in public. Psychologically, turquoise is a strengthening stone. It dissolves a martyred attitude or self-sabotage. Mentally, turquoise instills inner calm while remaining alert and aids creative expression. Emotionally, turquoise stabilizes mood swings and brings inner calm. It stimulates romantic love. Physically, turquoise is an excellent stone for exhaustion, depression, or panic attacks. One of its protective functions is against outside influences or pollutants in the atmosphere. For healing, turquoise strengthens the meridians of the body and the subtle energy fields. It enhances the physical and psychic immune systems and regenerates tissues, supports the assimilation of nutrients, alleviates pollution and viral infections, and heals the whole body, especially the eyes, including cataracts. It reduces excess acidity and benefits gout, rheumatism, and the stomach. This stone is anti-inflammatory and detoxifying and alleviates cramps and pain. To position turquoise, you can put it anywhere, but especially the throat, third eye, and solar plexus. It makes an excellent elixir. There's also Tibetan turquoise, which is green and carries a slightly different vibration from the more vivid blue. It is especially useful for healing throat chakra blockages and suppressed self-expression back down the ancestral line until the source is cleared. So, 
those are our two stones of the week. So let's move forward with the quote of the week. And this is by Dr. Brian Weiss. You are not here by accident or by some coincidence of nature. You are a spiritual being learning lessons of love in this earth school. So the topic of the week, which I am so excited to finally get to because I I feel like I've kept coming up with more stuff and finally I get to this topic, which I'm really excited about because this is one of the main reasons why I went on this metaphysical journey, if you will. And the topic is past life regression. And what past life regression is, it's a type of therapy to treat a host of mental and physical health issues through the process of hypnosis to access a past life or in some cases, many past lives. And accessing these past life experiences with the help of a skilled and trained professional psychotherapist, one can unearth and process the memories and release the experiences that are blocking effectiveness in the current life as well as reinforce the talents and lessons carried forward from prior personalities. Now that's my interpretation of what past life regression is. Also, some people feel like you don't necessarily need a trained psychotherapist to do past life regressions. You can be just a therapist that's actually trained in doing past life regression or just specialize in that specifically. But for me personally, I think that it's probably a good idea to have a a professional psychotherapist performing the actual therapy. So when I looked these up, I found a hypnotherapist named Anne. And when I looked up her website, she had some really interesting stuff on her site that I thought was really cool. I also looked up pastlife-regression.com. And I liked their interpretation of past life regression. And what they say is the regression technique available here takes the participant to the inner space of the third eye where it becomes possible to delve deeply into the subconscious. It is then possible to easily find and release emotional scars from this life and past lives. These emotional scars are the roots of all mental and emotional conditioning and form the basis of the earthly ego. All mental and emotional suffering is derived from these subconscious scars or imprints. With the thorough clearing of the subconscious, a new way of being can be realized. We can become aware of our multidimensional nature and begin to incarnate higher consciousness. So this is from, oh yes. So this I was looking up how you can find different ways of seeing if maybe you had a past life. And they also gave a brief introduction as to what past lives are. This is from www.pastlives.org. With this therapy, you settle into a more in-depth knowledge about what your internally enduring soul carries with it through the lifetimes it has encountered. Some souls have been around for eons fulfilling their contractual knowledge and quote-unquote unfinished business. Understanding and working with our prior lifetimes brings such enrichment to our current lives. This can lead to significant transformations in how we view ourselves and the world. It is, in fact, highly spiritual work. Clients report a new perspective, a greater realization of the eternal nature of their being, their connection to others, and a closer experience of the love-filled energy that underlies all life. The author of the book, Miracles Happen and Many Lives, Many Masters, which I've read both and they're absolutely fascinating, 
These are written by Dr. Brian Weiss, who graduated from Columbia University and Yale Medical School and is currently Chairman Emeritus of Psychiatry at the Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami. He speaks about everyday life clues that you had a past life. The first one he talks about is deja vu. The sensation that you have met a person before or have visited someplace previously, this is the most common sign of a past life. Sometimes this deja vu feeling is a sign of past life with a particular person or in a specific place. Dr. Brian Weiss says, a patient of mine began having anxiety attacks while on her honeymoon in Greece. When she and her husband left for Rome, the anxiety attacks completely disappeared. When she saw me as a patient, we did a past life regression and found that she had been killed in ancient Greece. Her anxiety attacks stemmed from that lifetime, even though she did not know why at the time. The second one is vivid dreaming. Vivid and detailed dreams of yourself in different times and places is another common past life memory is attempting to emerge. But past life recollections aren't always actual memories. They may also contain symbols and metaphors that need to be interpreted so that their meaning and message can become clear. These symbols are no less powerful than literal ones. Think of these past life scenes more as a poem than a history text. The third clue is talents and masteries without effort. Talents and abilities, likes and dislikes, and attractions and aversions can also be clues to past lives. You may feel yourself being drawn to certain people or to certain cultures, even if you've never visited them. You might find you're able to learn certain subjects or prepare for a profession more easily than others. For example, a particular foreign language might come quicker to you while others are more difficult. Or you may have an intense interest in certain historical times and events, such as ancient Egypt or the Civil War period. The fourth clue is soul recognition. It is very common to travel through different lives with the same groups of souls. Dr. Brian Weiss calls them groupings, soulmates, or soul companions, or soul families. We seem to learn our spiritual lessons and accumulate or resolve, or our karma, with our soul groups. Relationships may change from life to life, but the souls are the same. For example, your grandmother might reincarnate as your grandson. In this sense, we never lose our loved ones because we are always being reunited either on the other side or back here in physical bodies. In Miracles Happen, Dr. Brian Weiss describes many cases of soul recognition. In one case, Michelle, whose mother died when Michelle was a small child, was comforted to find that she and her mother were together before in the Middle Ages. They were husband and wife at the time. So other signs of a past life, I got this from www.heyhouseu.com forward slash many lives, many masters online courses. So other signs are irrational or debilitating fear, unexplained or recurring physical pains or sensations, persistent feelings of panic, anger, guilt, or depression, frequent disturbing thoughts or emotional outbursts, emotional numbness in situations where most people would have an appropriate reaction, repeating relationship problems with family, coworkers, or friends. So I actually wanted to, I looked up a couple of different articles that I thought were very interesting about past life regression. And one of them is from the New York Times, and it's a New York Times article called Remembrances of Lives Past by Lisa Miller. 
what she says is, on the fringes of legitimate science, some researchers persist in studying consciousness and its durability beyond the body. Though Dr. Tucker, who directs the Child and Family Psychiatry Clinic at the University of Virginia, has few kind words for regression therapy or its practitioners, he continues to be committed to the scientific study of what can only be called reincarnation. He is carrying on the pioneering research of his mentor, Dr. Ian Stevenson, who beginning in the 1960s collected more than 2,000 accounts of children between the ages of two and seven, who seemed to remember previous lives vividly without the help of hypnosis. Dr. Stevenson did most of his case work in Asia, where belief in reincarnation is common. There, he found a child born with a deformity in the hand who remembered having his fingers chopped off in a previous life. Dr. Stevenson went to the village the child recalled and verified that such an incident had taken place. Burmese children, who said they had previously been Japanese soldiers killed in World War II and preferred sushi over their native cuisine, were also discussed. Dr. Tucker studies American children and in one case found a young boy who started to say around the age of 18 months that he was his own deceased grandfather. He eventually told details of his grandfather's life that his parents felt certain he could not have learned through normal means. Dr. Tucker wrote in Explore, which calls itself a journal of science and healing, such as the fact that his grandfather's sister had been murdered and his grandmother had used a food processor to make milkshakes for his grandfather every day at the end of his life. Dr. Tucker won't say such cases add up to proof of reincarnation, but he likes to keep an open mind. There can be something that survives after the death of the brain and the death of the body that is somehow connected to a new child, he said. I have become convinced there is more to the world than the physical universe. There's the mind piece, which is in its own entity. So some of the other things that I also thought was really interesting is I looked up some case histories of past life regression. And this one is from www.pastlives.org forward slash case histories. And this is from a therapist named Anne who performs past life regression for clients. And she posted these and I thought these were really interesting. Building self-confidence. Connie was facing the repeat of an important and difficult professional licensing exam with considerable anxiety and doubt in her ability to demonstrate her knowledge and competence. She came to Anne looking for a past life experience that could bolster her confidence. She uncovered a lifetime as a successful author and poet, a time where she felt self-assured, successful, and highly recognized by others for her talents and abilities. Connie was able to bring this experience forward, bolster her confidence in her current professional abilities, and subsequently enjoyed and passed her licensing exam. The other one that I thought was really interesting was keeping women at a distance. Although married, Roger had always kept women at a distance. His wife, in fact, was living in their native country while he worked in the United States, with no plans for her to join him. Wishing to explore this tendency, which kept him safe, but caused quite a bit of loneliness, Roger suspected a past life link. We discovered a lifetime in India where he met a senseless, untimely death by being mistaken for someone who had committed a crime. A woman whom he had hoped would help him and evade his pursuers was instead instrumental in his capture. Unable to speak the language of his captors and thus vindicate himself, he met his death resolving, I will never trust women again. Uncovering this experience prompted Roger to re-examine his family situation and move forward, reuniting with his wife. 
I wanted to close with one more case study. And this one actually comes from the book Miracles Happen by Dr. Brian Weiss. And there's there's so many beautiful reaccounts of different past life regressions through patients that he has met up with and regressed. The one that I found the most interesting was actually his entire book of Many Lives, Many Masters, where he did his very first regression on a woman named Catherine. And that one was totally amazing (laughs) and eye-opening. But this one is, um, in Miracles Happen, he lists a myriad of different people that he's regressed. And this one is called The Delicate Flower, and it was a woman named Nikki Distillo. And this is her recollection. I went to your Omega workshop in July of 2009. I want to thank you for showing a great interest in my ongoing medical issues and for taking the time to guide me through a one-on-one regression therapy session. After the regression, it took me a few days to begin processing everything. I began to make connections specifically to the lifetime where I was just a small child in the field of yellow flowers, which were poisonous and which I mistakenly ate. My mother, the same one I have in this lifetime, killed herself upon my death for she was so distraught that she hadn't been able to save me. She was overprotective in this lifetime, as we discussed, and soon I became to remember things that she had told me when I was growing up. I remembered that she had shared with me that after I was conceived, my parents decided to separate, unaware that my mother was pregnant. Once my mother discovered the pregnancy, the discussion began about terminating it. Her friends and family and my father tried to convince her that going through with it on her own would be a mistake. However, my mother responded that although she didn't know why, she knew she could never terminate the baby, and as hard as it was going to be for her on her own, she had to have it. She always told me that she had a strong feeling that she needed to bring me into this world. I also remembered that my mother had shared with me that she was extremely paranoid about me while I was in utero. She would often not feel me move for a period of time, which would send her straight to the doctor in fear that I was not alive. She was constantly afraid that I wasn't going to make it. In addition, I was often sick as a child, and many times this resulted in a hospitalization. Each time I was hospitalized, my mom worried that I wasn't going to live through it. After I was regressed, I realized that I was born into this life with my mother's preconceived notion that I needed to be taken care of because of her fear that she was always going to lose me. Oddly enough, I recalled that While I was growing up with my mother, she used to call me her delicate little flower. As I was so fragile and constantly getting sick, it was somewhat eerie when I remembered this, because you and I had just discovered that in another life, I had actually died as a young child from an allergic reaction to eating little yellow flowers. I have not yet discussed all of my experience at Omega with my mom, but I plan to do so. As far as my eating, I am now up to 36 different foods. That's 25 more that I was able to eat before you regressed me. It is a slow process, but I couldn't be happier and am looking forward to being able to eat many more. I am still continuing to try new foods, and I am having success after not being able to eat certain things for over three years. My body has been healing ever since that day. I also wanted to let you know that after the regression, many people approached me and told me that my regression had helped them. This made me think of your words when you said, that we were all brought together for a purpose. So that is pretty much past life regression. And I hope that it's really opened your eyes a a little bit to this idea of this type of therapy. I actually, I've been regressed before and it was 
interesting because I remember seeing certain things and feeling certain things, but really I started feeling the most of it afterward because it's sort of like when you experience something and you're kind of in a state of shock and then sometimes they call that psychic shock, but anyway, shock nonetheless. And afterward, you start to remember more and start seeing more. It's almost like you read the definition and then it really starts making sense only after you read it. I also utilize an app that I thought was really interesting and it's it's a little bit shorter and it helps you kind of touch on some of those at least for me it does like it'll you get into a total state of relaxation and you're able to sort of meditate in this relaxive state it's not like you're dreaming but you see things you see images and different things and for some people it's very very vivid and some people actually go through their death and because that is pertinent to what may be going on in their present day life and maybe with certain pain or certain emotional problems, it's more related to the death of their past life, which to me, it kind of scares me because I don't really want to see myself die. I don't know about you guys, but you know, I guess it just depends on what your subconscious is is wanting you to access at that time and what is needed for you to heal in this lifetime and move forward and make progress in your own healing at any rate that is that is past life regression and i feel like there's probably more that we can discuss with this topic because it is I mean, to me, it's extremely fascinating and there's so much to it. And if you guys want to learn more, I highly recommend Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. I feel like that is such an amazing book. Some of you have probably already read it or this may be brand new for you, but this to me was such an eye-opening book because I had no idea that this was even a thing (laughs) until the last couple of months. So here we are on the podcast talking about it. So at any rate, I think that that pretty much does it for this week. And if you guys have any questions or if you want to talk about some experiences you might have had with past life regression, please feel free to email me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com. Or if you want, you could post it on the Third Eye with Lorelei Facebook page. And I would love to hear all about it. So for now... It's been great talking at you guys, and I can't wait to talk to you all again next week. And until then, love and light to every single one of you. Stay healthy, stay safe, and I'll talk to you all again soon.
If you find yourself interested in receiving an intuitive tarot reading, contact me at 3rdeyelorelei at gmail.com or you can message me on my Instagram at 3rd.eye.with.lorelei or on Facebook at Third Eye with Lorelei Podcast to set up a reading. I can do Zoom or we can meet in person as long as we are wearing those face masks and practicing social distancing just to be safe. As always, love and light to you all, and I look forward to reading you soon.